And welcome to the Anton Sarafaj channel. I'm Gerald. Um, we'll be doing a in-depth teaching called False Prophets and False Apostles, Prophesy for Money, Pulpit Pimps, and Hustlers. Now, this teaching is not to disregard prophecy because the Word of God says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 19 through 20, it says, Quench not the spirit, despise not prophesying. So, with that being said, just looking what's occurring in today's church, what we see in um, your Pentecostal churches, Charismatics, your, what do you call, quote-unquote, New Apostolic Reformation um, type of movements with prophetic ministry, there's really no sound teaching or, or really guidelines set on what is true biblical prophetic ministry. Now, there's a lot of things that we see occur in church where you see people taking up seed offerings, which is not really in the Bible. It's where these prophetic people twist scriptures into manipulating people into giving. And matter of fact, you never really see Jesus take up an offering, or even, matter of fact, taking up a seed offering, how many people would see, like, Peter and Paul, the apostle um, Peter, the apostle Paul, um, all the different apostles taking up a seed offering after they've given a message? You can't find that in Scripture. So Jesus also warned us that in the last days that many false prophets shall arise. So we see people are really in the prophetic ministry. I won't say all, but we see a majority of them are in it for the fame, for the greed, um, to be elevated, to make themselves bigger than what they are, and oftentimes they exalt themselves above Christ. Now, I also believe in fivefold ministry, and when we look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 through 16, it says, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of treasure of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by sleight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ, for whom the whole body is fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual workings, the measure of every part maketh increase of the body unto edifying of itself in love. So, fivefold ministry, the, which part of the prophetic and apostolic ministry is a part of that, is to make sure that we grow up, that we're no more children being tossed to and fro from every wind of doctrine and craftiness, cunning craftiness, and being deceived. So 
when you have like these prophetess or these prophets come and they charge you not to question the when they give you a word not the word then that's a problem because we'll get a little bit further into that a little bit later but the Berens even they were under Paul's ministry they went and studied it for themselves so people you have to know to study the word for yourself you have to test the spirit also too you see so many things that are going on in in churches where you sow a seed if you sow a hundred dollars you're gonna get a hundredfold return if you sow a thousand dollars you're gonna get a thousand dollar um, return and all of it is is based on materialism when these people are quote-unquote prophesying to you it's all vanity and vexation it's all carnal things it's all of the flesh so you hear them they talk about you know you can become a millionaire i mean i've heard a minister talk about hey you you sow the seed of a hundred dollars god is going to make you a millionaire well how is that going to rule out that you are lazy you're you're slowful you're shiftless um you have no creativity you have no get up and go and the word of god talks about being diligent other things and all can play that in an account of making money so to magically all of a sudden sow a seed because the prophet gave you this word and then I, i've seen people who i don't know this new thing where you have prophets that come to your convocations your conventions um your conferences and their part of the service is to raise offerings now i was an eyewitness of seeing this particular prophet didn't have a bible firsthand sitting up on the pulpit and asked for somebody for a bible and i'm witnessing him going through the bible and i can see him going in back of the concordance he gets up takes up offering he says finds the scripture i believe in ezekiel talks about dough being given to the priest he says you guys need to pay up the dough because the Bible says give up the dough. That's not like slang talk. The Bible, when it means actual dough, that means literal dough. It doesn't mean money. It doesn't mean in that vernacular it's talking about money. I've, I've witnessed, I've seen this people where, where these prophetic types come in and get people wound up and preach an emotional sermon. And this guy was winding up and he was like, you know, go out to the church parking lot, dance an empty parking space, and um, God's gonna bless you with, with the car. And then people was out there literally dancing in an empty parking space. And once they came back into the church, they were instructed to sow a seed. Now, to seal this, you, you seal it with sowing a seed, this money, this, this word, the word that I've given you, and God's gonna bless. That's lying on God. So we're gonna like really take a look at some of the character, the spirit behind these false prophets and these false um, apostles who prophesy for money. Um, they are literally pimping people out of their money, and this is not the word of God.
So the end times, many false prophets shall arise, deceiving many. When we look at Matthew chapter 24, verses 10 through 12, it says, And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and deceive and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. So not only Jesus is talking about this in Matthew chapter 24, the Olivet Discourse, he's talking about the signs of the times, the signs of the end, the end of like this actual world system before it's like this wicked system's um, judge and before his second coming. Not only he says many false prophets shall arise, he says, and shall deceive many. That's why, folks, we need to be walking in the spirit and have spiritual discernment. Now, false prophets and false apostles prophesy for money. They prophesy for profit. They bear bad fruit. They twist scriptures to manipulate others. Pride fuels them. A false prophet seeks to please God in return for blessings and success. False prophets are led by their desire to be worshipped. So they are desiring to be worshipped. This is a Luciferian mindset. Uh, I should be like the most high. And you can see this when some of these people come into these churches and they desire to be worshiped they're weighted up on hand and foot you know you have these um, quote-unquote armor bears um bringing the water carrying the bible um acting like you know if there's like a puddle of water throwing a towel down to cover up the water so their feet don't get wet and they're not even following the path that jesus said jesus said that he came, the Son of Man came, not to be served, but to actually serve. So Jesus also talks about those that are great in the kingdom are servants. They're not seeking to be served. So when you see these types of people that walk in pride, they walk in arrogance, you don't see any type of humility or meekness whatsoever. It says, how do we know people? Bible talks about you know them by their fruit that they bear. When we look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 15 through 19, it states, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes? from thorn bushes or figs from thistles. Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Good trees cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. So how is it that you got like the so-called prophets and 
prophetess and apostles when they're slipping and dipping and using drugs, they're slipping and dipping um, if men who, who are out carousing around, sleeping around with all kind of different women, um, getting either these women pregnant or coming down with these um, different um, STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, or you know, you have like these women prophetess who come to find out are having lesbian relationships and even some of these men having homosexual relationships, all these different things that are occurring in the misuse of money and, and just a bunch of other scandals that come about and church folks turn a blind eye. Well, you know, they use the excuse, well, you know, the gifts come without repentance. You know, they're still gifted. They still, you know, they're still a man, a man of God or a woman of God. And that's not godly. They're not bearing good fruit. They're not bearing, you're not seeing the fruit of the spirit. You got to not just go off the signs and wonders and the, 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 the pedas are, 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 are the flash of things of seeing when they're doing all this different stuff. You got to look to see what kind of fruit they're actually bearing. Are they lining up with the word of God? They speak false visions. Um, Jeremiah 23, verse 16 through 17 says, they speak a vision of their own heart, not from the mouth of the Lord. They continually say to those who despise me, the Lord has said, and you shall have peace and to everyone who walks according to the dictates of his own heart, they say, no evil shall come upon you. So let's look at a couple of points. They don't speak for God or Yah. They despise the Lord. They deceive people. They give false comfort. They don't tell people to repent of sin. They speak lies and vanity. Now, when we look at Matthew chapter 20 or Matthew chapter 7 verses 21 through 23 because we say all oh, these people you know they prophesy they heal people you know they give a word and they do all these different things this is the words of Jesus it says not everyone that saith unto me Lord Lord shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my father which is in heaven for many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye work of iniquities, or workers of iniquity. So you see all these signs and wonders and all these wonderful words, a word that they give him people and they make people um, praise the Lord and dance and um, do all these different things. And, and they're workers of iniquity. They never had a relationship with Jesus Christ. They were self-driven and self-motivated and 
self so selfish and ambitious to have a title. And that's another thing too. Some of these people, you better make sure that the Lord really called you to be a prophet or a prophetess or an apostle because you're lying to the Holy Spirit if he never even called you into that position of ministry. Now we're going to look at Deuteronomy chapter 18, verses 23, 22. It says, but the prophet which shall presume to speak a word in my name, which I have not commanded him to speak, or that shall speak in the name of other gods, even that prophet shall die. And if thou shall say in thy heart, how shall we know the word which the Lord hath not spoken? When a prophet speaketh in the name of the Lord, if the thing follow not, nor come to pass, that is the thing that which the Lord have not spoken, but the prophet have spoken presumptuously, thou should not be afraid of him. Now, a couple of things on that thought. I mean, we're keep key phrases in that when we look at presume, um, verse 20, and presumptuously, we're going to look at what those what that word actually mean in a Hebrew context. But two things, not just the word judging a false prophet when the word doesn't come to pass, but also we get into a little bit later, um, it's um, Deuteronomy chapter 13, I believe, verses 1 through 3, it talks about even if they give you a word and it comes to pass, but they lead you astray, you're not even supposed to follow them. But we're going to focus on presumptuously and when the word doesn't come to pass. Now, we've seen like these apostles and these prophets, for some ironic reason, we just had the Super Bowl, nobody gave a prophetic word who's going to win a super bowl now we've seen in times past people give words on um this team is going to win the super bowl um the, some apostle um some of these prophets and that team don't even win the super bowl and then we continue to like follow these people and that's just just an example of some of the failed prophecies that they've had and they say oh well they just we just kind of just brush it off and just say well they just missed it but we don't look at the overall track record. So when we look at the word presume or presumptuously, that word, the Hebrew word is zod, which is to seethe figuratively, to be insolent, to be proud, deal proudly, presume, to come presumptuously sod, to boil, the boy up, the seed, to act proudly, to act presumptuously, to act rebelliously, to be presumptuous, to be arrogant, to be rebelliously proud. So when a person, when these, when these so-called prophetic ministries, ministers are so dead set saying, the Lord said, I, I, I have a word from the Lord for you. They're being presumptuous. They're not in the spirit. They're not speaking through the flow of the Holy Spirit because 
the word of God says the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into not some truth. The Holy Spirit never misses it. The Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. So you see the personality, the spirit behind wanting to be more than what God's called them to be and presumptuously just prophesy anyway when the Lord did not even command them, the Holy Spirit didn't even unction them to speak. It wasn't under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. So we're going to look at how rebellion lines up at least into something else when you are, you have a rebellious spirit and you're quote unquote being, you think you're in prophetic ministry, it leads you down a bad road. So when we look at 1 Samuel chapter 22, verses 20, 22, or 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 22 and 23, it says, And Samuel said, Have the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken then to the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. So, a couple of things that stand out when we look at um, this particular scripture passage in, in 1 Samuel. It says that to obey is better than sacrifice. So you can't tell me when these quote-unquote prophets and apostles and prophetess are you sow a seed, sow a seed, sow a seed, and God's going to open up a door, and they don't confront you into your sin. Obedience, God wants you, God wants you to keep his commandments. If, if Jesus says, if you love me, you'll keep the commandments. So if you're not keeping the commandments, what good is your sacrifice? Even in Romans chapter 12, verses 1, it says, I present, um, present thee, therefore, brethren, that you present your bodies um, a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God. So you present your body as a living sacrifice. So God is looking for your heart. God wants, Jesus wants, he's looking at your heart. But Furthermore, it says rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. So when we look at that word witchcraft, the Hebrew word is kashim, which is also divination, including its fee, an oracle or reward of, or you get rewarded for an oracle, divination, divine sentence. So keywords. All right, divination, including its fee. So what do you think like these people are like prophesying for money? They're coming, they're not coming to these conferences and these convocations and um, these church revivals um, on their own dime or to help edify and build up the ministry. They're not coming to actually even develop prophetic ministry within the local church to identify local um, 
prophetic ministry within the church to help equip them where they don't have to come back. You know, it's it's a it's a corporation where they have consumers that are consumed with their false prophets or false prophecies where they generate revenue where they're making money and people are going to continue. Um, a lot of times these people, a lot of times church folks have half of them will halfway miss their own church service with their own pastor on the pulpit. The minute that one of these prophetic uh, ministers show up to the church, they all flock out and they all want to give. They don't halfway tithe. And that's another thing. Some people don't believe in tithing and all that, but they don't even really give to the ministry. But when these false prophets and these false apostles come, they give, they give, they give, they give, and they're giving for a fee. So these these people, when you when you, you presumptuously, which means you rebelliously act upon just giving out words like like it's candy, and not being unctioned by the uh, Holy Spirit, you fall into the sin of witchcraft and divination. And you do it primarily for a fee. Now, Jeremiah chapter 14, verse 14 says, Then the Lord said unto me, Prophets prophesy lies in my name. I sent them not, neither have I commanded them, neither spake unto them. They prophesy unto you a false vision and divination, a thing of naught, and the deceit of their heart. So these false prophets, they prophesy lies in the name of the Lord, and he didn't even send them, and they speak false visions, and it speaks divination. I always have this question because I'm always here because the, the disclaimer that they would give for these prophets and prophetess well, you know, the gifts come without repentance and sometimes they miss it. And and just their overall lying prophecies, their overall how you can see the arrogance and pridefulness in their general character. And then when you find out eventually when they're exposed to some moral failures, and I know things we're not, we're all striving to live perfect, but I mean like serious repeat offenders are serious things where people are divorcing their wives and it's not like their wives left them for the sake of the gospel is because they had an adulterous affair or they uh, fathered children out of wedlock and just all kind of madness that's happening and all but i always ask like well it says the holy spirit will lead and guide you into all truth and um you know we serve God, and God is a God of holiness, which the word says, holiness without no man shall see the Lord. How are these people really, really operating? And the Holy Spirit just spoke this like they're operating under another spirit. When you continually walk in disobedience, you continue to bear bad fruit, rotten fruit, then you're either on the Lord's side, or you're on Satan's side. You're either in the kingdom of darkness or um, the kingdom of light. The difference between prophecy and divination, the source, 
And then I got this from inspiredwalk.com. The meaning of divination is a demonic counterfeit that the devil uses in order to foretell the future. It is the ability to access hidden knowledge or secrets of pertaining to a person or people or event through demonic sources such as familiar spirits. I'm going to stop right there. You see... Like some of these quote-unquote prophets, they know people's bank accounts, their mama's maiden name, just all these other stuff. And people, ah, bah, 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 and they was falling out thinking like, oh, they, they, they was on it. You know, they were speaking the truth. They was, they, they was right on point. They was on the mark. That was just, people, you got to know that First John 4 and 1 says to test the spirits. The next thing is, the Greek word for divination comes from the root word python. The spirit of python counterfeits the spirit of prophecy. Divination is a form of witchcraft that possesses psychics, witch doctors, false prophets, spiritual advisors, medicine men, new age gurus, voodoo priests and priestesses, mediums. We are told in Deuteronomy 18 and 14 that we are not permitted to practice divination, sorcery, or any witchcraft, for it is an abomination to God. The act of divining or foretelling the future events or discovering things in secret are obscure by aid of a superior beings or other than human means. Therefore, when Jesus said, that false prophets will perform signs and wonders. He did not lie because false prophets use divination in order to foretell future events. Okay, let's go ahead and move on. So the difference between prophecy and divination and its source, the characteristics of divination and diviners, and the natural observation Diviners and prophets may appear the same, but they are actually very different, and the spiritual effects on the people are very different. Jesus says that you will know false prophets by their fruits, which we already expounded upon. All right, we're going to go ahead and go through, I believe, a list of five things of divination sign of a um, person that, that's a diviner works in divination um, diviners from false prophets and fortune tellers walk with and receive the information from familiar spirits and other demonic entities their fourth or foretelling of future indeed at times does come true however the source of information is from the demonic and ultimately the information that they speak actually subtly deters you from God. What they foretell does not glorify God in any particular way. Rather, it subtly brings more focus, more praise, and more glory on the diviner or the false prophet instead of God. Diviners and false prophets and fortune tellers ultimately perform signs and wonders and preach in order for you to give them money. They exploit people and manipulate them for money. 
their messages mostly focus on materialism, money, self-glory, rather than on character relationship with God or anything Christ-centered. They are part of the devil's plan to subtly or systematically lead people away from God through deception and false doctrines. And we can look at 2 Peter um, chapter 2, verses 1 through 22. They teach you will receive salvation and deliverance from your problems when you give money to them or their institution. However, salvation and deliverance does not come because you have given money. True salvation and deliverance is free, and it comes from the Lord Jesus who died for us on the cross. Jesus paid a debt that we could not pay through his blood and by his death. Deliverance and salvation from challenges and problems cannot be paid. Deliverance and salvation comes only from God through his son, Jesus Christ. The gift of God cannot be purchased with money. A sorcerer by the name of Simon thought he could acquire God's gift by giving money or paying for them. Acts chapter 8, verses 9 through 23. The false prophet is never questioned or tested by his followers. The voice of the false prophet is compared without question by the followers as being the voice of God. 1 John chapter 4. Verse 1, beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 21 instructs us to test all things and hold fast what is good. God has given us permission to test supernatural because Satan is a supernatural being also. In the future, don't reject all prophecies, but test all prophecies. However, prophets or false prophets will manipulate followers not to question his prophecies, him or her, and not to question him because he is anointed and he is a man of God. Believers should not, however, that reason why God allows us through his word to test the spirits and to test everything is because of false prophets who are out to deceive people. Therefore, it is important for believers to know the word of God and to uphold his word in every situation above the personal word of other people. Five and the final example of False prophets who work in divination. It says, diviners and false prophets and fortune tellers will mostly create an attitude of dependency within their believers or followers. The followers begin to depend upon them because their followers will have a sustainable need to see more of their signs and wonders and to hear more of their foretelling of future events. This dependency is on the false prophets automatically and removes the dependency on God. So Acts chapter 16, verse, verses 16 through 18 talks about Paul 
and the woman with the spirit of divination. And it, it reads, and it came to pass as we went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us, which brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days, but Paul being grieved, the Holy Spirit says, Grieve not the Holy Spirit. So Paul was grieved. The Holy Spirit within him was, was grieved turned and said to the spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out. And he came out the same hour. So we see how this woman in Philippi, her working in divination was bringing her masters much gain. We, when we look at the ancient world, even in Delphi, the um, oracle there in Delphi of Apollo, which spoke this woman, these women would go into the cleft of the rock and would inhale the vapors in there and quote unquote, the spirit of prophecy would enter into them, which we know is a demon would enter into them and they would be able to um, prophesy or work in the spirit of divination where kings would come and pay a handsome ransom to, to get um, prophetic words and people would travel all over. They eventually end up building a great banking system around the oracles and these demons using them. And also this is a prime example that was happening in Philippi. Um, these men were making money off this woman who was demon possessed. And yeah, what she was saying was true, but it was another spirit. And Paul knew that. She says, yeah, these are the men of the most high God. They show us the way of salvation. And if you don't have the sermon, you would think most people like this woman today that was in Philippi, they had the spirit of divination. Most churches would be having her come and speak at their conferences and speak at the convocation and be holding revivals and everything because she's showing great signs and wonders, not able to discern the actual spirit that's working in her and through her. So she was divining for profit. She wasn't a, she wasn't a prophetess. She was, she was, she was working through a demon spirit to profit P O R O F I T. So, we call some of these people prophetess and prophets and they're prophets or prophetess, the P-O-R-O-F-I-T or P-R-O-F-I-T-E-S-S, -S, prophetess and not actual true man, men and women of God. Now the office of a prophet found this article, very um, great article by the late great Arquette, um, his perspective on 
prophetic ministry, even from a Hebraic mindset. He was a Messianic Jew, came to salvation, um, very powerful man of God, um, written and spoke very great things, had very great insight, even when it comes to the office of a prophet. But he says, an important distinction, as we have said, is to differentiate profit between the gift of prophecy as opposed to the office of a prophet. In fact, our failure to distinguish between the two may be the gravest mistake now being made. We tend toward calling a man or a woman a prophet who are only moving in the gift of prophecy but are not called to the office. The fault lies with us in thinking that this is a New Testament dispensation, therefore it requires another definition. If there is only one definition, however, and has been in existence for all time, though we have not seen it much in recent times, then there is no reason to look for a new kind. The Spirit of God divides severally his gifts, which he can give in a moment as he wills. That should not, however, be permanent and abiding distinction or destination. The Spirit of God can fall on any one of us and can prophesy we are operating by the Spirit and the gift of prophecy. The office of a prophet, and we go a little bit more deeper into this, the gift that the Spirit exercised at his will, and it can come through either a man or a woman, it has nothing to do with their calling, their training, their preparation, or their qualification. It may be informational, directive or a word of encouragement, but the office of a prophet is altogether something else and other. The office of a prophet differs from the gift of prophecy that is permanent. It is giving with the man. It is a calling. It may well be that men who have the office of a prophet can go an entire lifetime in their service and never once speak out of the gift of prophecy. The church today is suffering from the ignorance of the blurring of these two categories. We're calling men prophets who have not the office, but who are operating in the gift of prophecy, and in many instances, not even the gift of prophecy, but rather even a deceitful clairvoyance, where clairvoyance is the acting or working as a psychic our charismatic psychic. The office of a prophet is ultimate thing and carries an enormous responsibility. Such one brings the oracles of God. He is standing for the very God and speaking from God with the authority of God. His statements are in the intent of God's heart to his people and to have to do with his purposes and an understanding of the present time in the view of the things that are future and eternal 
it is the prophet who is altered and are alerted. Excuse me. It is the prophet who is alerted and alerts. The man who calls himself prophet talks statistically, for example, 70 to 80% predictive accuracy is not keeping up with the timber. The character and the knit of the truly prophetic man to determine whether a prophet is true or false should not immediately depend on whether their predictions are accurate. The real issue is not to think statistically, is to put on us on a false basis in determining true and false among prophets. False prophets can bring a biblically correct message, but it is the kind of message that is routine, commonplace, that is to say, which is virtually anyone can bring. There is nothing that can be faulted in the terms of doctrine, but is not inocular. It is not a message that bears prophetic weight, intensity, seriousness, or requirement. Anocular speaking can be distinguished by the way it brings with a perception of the reality and of the purposes of God that were not there before that word came. It opens up things as God himself sees them, which is altogether not as we see them. It allows the word prophet to be given to anyone who's giving a predictive prophecy or even the gift of knowledge or what may be more likely clairvoyance and call that inocular prophecy. Then we are well on our way to deception. These men speak messages of predictable kind, but they usually only preliminary that one has weight through the order to get to the action for which we have really come, namely for the predictive and personal prophecies that excite the talent, us as the audience. The greater issue is not whether these prophets are accurate most of the time, so much as whether they are prophets at all. To confirm the church, it is present likeness by their own example is analogous to the false prophets of the Old Testament time who confirmed Israel in its sin. All in all, one must ask, what is their revelation? How inocular is it? What it what is it more or other than the general preaching of others who make no profession of being prophetic is their distinctive, not much more than sensationalism or excitement of their gifts or their anticipation derived from the elevated status generated largely by mutual affirmation of others. Strong words from our cats, very a lot of truth among that. We're going to shift or move into uh, early church writings about false prophets. This is from um, the Dietrich, um, chapter 11. It says, but concerning the apostles and prophets act according to decree of the gospel. If he asks for money, he's a false prophet. And every prophet who teaches the truth but does not 
do what he teaches is a false prophet. But whosoever says in the spirit, give me money or something else who should not listen to him. But if he tells you to give for others' sake who are in need, let no one judge him. This is Shepherd of the Hermes Mandate 11. It says, How then, sir, I say, or it says, How then, sir, say I, shall a man know who of them is a prophet? And who a false prophet? Here said he, concerning both prophets, and I shall tell you, so shall you test the prophet and the false prophet. By his life, test the man that has the divine spirit or the Holy Spirit. In the first place, he that has the divine spirit, which is from above, is gentle, tranquil, humble-minded, abstains from all wickedness and vain desires of this present world, and hold himself inferior to all men, and give no answer to any man who inquired of, nor speaks in a solitude, for neither does the Holy Spirit speak when a man wishes him to speak. But the man speaks when God wishes him to speak. When the man who has the divine spirit comes into the assembly of the righteous men who has faith in the divine spirit and in intercession is made to God by the gathering of those men, then the angel of the prophetic spirit who's attached to him fills the man and the man being filled with the Holy Spirit speaks to the multitude according to the Lord's will. In this way, the spirit of the deity shall be manifested. This then is the greatness of the power as the touching the spirit of deity of the Lord. It says here now, said he, concerning the earthly vain spirit, which has no power, but it's foolish. In the first place, that man who seems to have a spirit that exalts himself and desires to have chief place and straightway his impudent and shameless and talkative and conversate in many luxuries and many other deceits and receives money for his prophesying. And if he receives not, his prophecies not, or he prophesies not. Now can a divine spirit receive money and prophesy? It is not possible for a prophet of God to do this, but the spirit of such prophets is earthly. In the next place, it never approaches an assembly of a righteous man, but avoids them and cleaves to the doubtful-minded and empty and prophesies to them in corners and deceives them speaking all things in emptiness to gratify their desires for they too are empty whom it answers for the empty vessel placed together with the empty it is not broken but they agree with one and the other 
but he comes to the assembly of the full righteousness men who have a spirit of deity and intercession is made from them that a man is empty and the earthly spirit flees from him in fear and that man is struck dumb and is altogether broken in pieces being unable to utter a word thus also the empty prophets whenever they come unto the spirits of righteous men are found just such as they came i have given you the life of both kinds of prophets therefore test his life and his works and the men who say that he is moved by spirit this is from the writings from Arnasis. he says a spiritual man shall also judge false prophets who without having received the gift of prophecy from God and not possessed of the fear of God but either for the sake of vainglory or with the view to some personal advantage or acting in some other way under the influence of the wicked spirit pretend to utter prophecies while all the time they lie against God. This is from Ignatius' um, letter of the um, Trillions. He says, I urge you to keep away from every strange plant, which is heresy. These people, while pretending to be trustworthy, mix Jesus Christ with poison. I'm guarding you in advance because you are very dear to me and foresee the snares of the devil. So we go over to um, New Testament scripture, 2 Peter chapter 2, um, verses 1 through 11, that talks about the main motives of false prophets. It says, But there were false prophets among you, the people even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privately shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. And through covetousness shall they with fiend words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now of long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. So they come to make merchandise. You know, you, you sow a seed, and, you know, I'm going to give you this prayer cloth. You know, you sow a seed, and, you know, you know you, know, you want to sow into the seed, and I'm going to give you this prayer shawl. You know, and then you hear um, this new thing that they use when they preach a certain sermon, and they take they use like the scripture and they'll take like the chapter of the scripture and part of um, the verse of the scripture and they'll say like like if it's um i've heard somebody use this i believe they used um genesis chapter 2 and they use verse 1 so you sow a seed of 200 to sow into this word you sow a seed of 221 dollars or you know you sow into a seed of 
um, and I'll, I'll say this name, um, Bernard J Jordan was selling um, like soap, like miracle soap and all. Uh, this quote unquote soap would do wonders for you. And just they come up with all these different foolishness. So, you know, you get like their their um, DVD series on how to prosper and and, you know, you sew into that. You know, they come and they bring in these heretical teachings and they make merchandise of the people. Now, when we look at the background commentary of Second Peter chapter 2, verse 3, states some very interesting things. It says, that particular verse, it talks about traveling diviners and false prophets and moral teachers typically charge fees or begged funds and were thus frequently accused of having monetary motives and unworthy of their professed callings. And also false teachers in the church were likewise exploiting Christians. So that's why that's why Peter is addressing in this particular um, passage of scripture. So when these prophets and prophetess, when the the Rhema doesn't line up with the logos, you gotta like run from it. You know, it's always when well, I got a word for you. No. Do you have the word, the word, the word? Yes, that has to be rooted in the word of God. If that person, if you see that person, you constantly go to different um, church services and it's not rooted in the word. It's very self-centered. Um, some of the things that we've done over is um, sensationalism. Um, it's not Christ-based. It's not the word. It's a word. These false prophets always give a word and not the word. False prophets are like wolves and lions looking to devour their prey. Now, I'm stuck here. Um, wolves travel in packs. So you see a lot of these people that are in these prophetic ministries, a lot of their friends who, who preach and teach um, heretical doctrine, false doctrine, and prophesy for money. They run in packs. So you have a wolf pack. So you have a pack of wolf, false prophets, and false prophets that run around. And then a lot of times, one of them get their foot into the door and into a church or into a ministry. And then they start having their friends come in to the these different church assemblies and um, pastors start inviting them into the church and it, it just brings in corruption and um, just, just a horrible um, things that occur with that. So when we look at first Peter chapter five, verse eight, it says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Now, I'm going to cross over when we look at the Old Testament scripture, um, Ezekiel chapter 22, verses 25 through 28. The Lord gave me an insight. The Holy Spirit gave me an insight to the scripture years ago. I'm going to share that with you guys. Um, verse 25 says, There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like roaring lion, ravening prey, they have devoured souls 
They have taken the treasure and precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst thereof. Her priests have violated my law and have profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and profane. Neither have they showed difference between unclean and the clean and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths. And I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves ravening the prey to shed blood, to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have dubbed them with untempered martyr, seeing vanity and divining lies unto them, saying, Thus saith the Lord God when the Lord had not spoken. So, many instances, these false prophets come like their father, the devil. They come like a lion and they devour people through their false prophecies. They divine lies. When we look at the different things, they, they divine lies to get dishonest gain. They, they, don't give the difference between holiness of what's clean and unclean through the difference between what's holy and what's unholy. You know, the lines are blurred. Um, they eventually they come, they, they're destroying, they shed, they shed blood in a spiritual sense and they're destroying souls. They're bringing people to a broad road of destruction. And also too, the Lord didn't even command them to speak. So they're not even speaking in the unction of the Lord. They work in a satanic conspiracy to lead the people of God astray and eventually be devoured by lies and deceit by the kingdom of darkness. And they profane the name of the Lord. They, they have uh, verse 26, it says, and I am profaned among them. So when people in the world see all this foolishness and they can see like these false prophets and these false prophetess pimping and hustling people out of money, it brings a reproach upon the church itself and it profanes the name of the Lord. So they make it like a joke, like, man, I don't want to act, you know, I'm not going to go, go to church there or, you know, um, um, get saved because uh, I'm not going to get hustled and get pimped because they don't see the truth of the word of God. And then also within the scripture context, it talks about how there are like wolves ravening the prey. So not only it mentions like the, the roaring lions ravening prey, just like that's why you have to be vigilant. You have to be prayerful. You have to be walking and discernment to discern rightfully you have to be able to rightfully divide the word of God and test the spirit and test prophecy and judge it. Not just like run and go off with it. A lot of times these, these guys, they come in and are, are these women, they come into the church. One of the things that they work in flattery, um, they, they give words, uh, a word to like the pastor and the pastor's family. And then they're like, Ooh, and People see that and they're like, oh, wow, yeah, they're on point, they're on mark. And they get caught up and it's never judged. The prophetic word is never judged. It's never tested. It's never like you, 
you never have somebody um, test the word of God. So who is the father of the false prophets? Jeremiah chapter 23, verse 26 says, How long shall this be in the heart of the prophets that prophesy lies? Yea, they are prophets of deceit of their own heart. Now, when we look at um, John chapter 8, verse 44, it says, Ye are of your father the devil, and a lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because he, there is no truth in him which he speaketh a lie and he speaketh of his own for he's a liar and the father of it. So Satan, the devil, is the father of lies. So when false prophets you prophesy lies and the deceit of your own heart. Your father is not God the Father. Your father is Satan. You're not a son of God. You're the son of Satan. You are an agent of Satan. And the word of God says that even Satan's ministers can transform themselves, or even Satan can transform themselves into an angel of light. Even so, his agents can transform themselves into looking like a minister of righteousness, where it's unrighteous. That's where um, the deceit comes. So a lot of what, what we're seeing, folks, is people are really preparing the way of uh, working in the beast system and preparing the way for the Antichrist and the, the false prophet, because if you're just falling for these false prophets, the ultimate false prophet is going to be way more charismatic and show way more lion size and wonders than what some of these folks are doing. And it's going to really deceive many into serving Satan and taking the mark of the beast. The greed of the pastors give the false prophets inroads to the church. So when we look at Isaiah chapter 56 verses 8 through 11, it says, and the Lord which gathered the outcasts of Israel said, Yet I will gather others to him beside those that are gathered unto him. All ye beasts of the field come to devour. Yea, all ye beasts are in the forest. His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough. They are shepherds that cannot understand. They are all look to their own way, every one for his gain from his quarter. So these pastors, a lot of times, they see the, they see the manifestation or, of what these false prophets can bring to the ministry when they bring in a lot of money and they're taking up all these offerings and the excitement and people falling out and dancing and running around and everything. But they're not seeing the true fruit of the ministry where they fleece the people for all this money, but people aren't being equipped. They're not being discipled. Um, they're being used like consumers. So they're paying for the product, they're paying for the entertainment, they're praying for the oohs and ahs, they're praying for 
these false prophets and false lies, you know, they come in and say, you know, you're going to become a millionaire or you're going to become a professional athlete or um, you're, you're, God's going to elevate you where you're going to be so rich. You're going to have like um, all kind of homes and um, material materialism, or you're going to get blessed with the car or all types of real estate or God's called you um, to, to be a apostle or a prophet. And a lot of times people have, they covet that ministry because they want to be a apostle and prophet because that thinks they think that gives them um, a little bit um, higher elevation in the pecking order of the office and all that they're above everybody else. So they can look down up everybody else. So everybody can praise and worship them. And, and, it gives them credibility when these false prophets tell them that they're called to be in that office. And you can see the pride and arrogance. It's not like most people prophetic and apostolic ministry, people suffer, have a lot of things that they suffer through and a lot of things that they're rejected and all for, for God to entrust them with, with, with his word, with things that he entrusts in them, gives them insight and revelation into. Um, so when we look at first Timothy chapter six, verse 10, it says for the love of money is the root of all evil, which while some coveted after they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through many sorrows. Now let's look at the condition of the people. Cause the people, <laughs> the people are, you, that's just like going, okay, I know the movie, a lot of people, which I haven't seen yet, and it's just a side note, um, Black Panther. So, you know, everybody's raving about Black, Black Panther, uh, and people are going out to see the movie. It's broke records, how, how, how much money is grossed in theaters and everything like that. All right, so if these false prophets, if everybody is like walking, really in discernment, really hearing from the Holy Spirit, and these false prophets come to your church and you hear about it. And then, first of all, you try to go and you talk to the leadership like, hey, these false prophets, I'm not cool with this. But don't show up. If hardly nobody in the church shows up, if like one or two people um, just show up, instead of like hundreds or thousands of people show up when these false prophets show up to, to minister, they would have no power at all they would have no influence at all um and then people again they flock to these conferences and these convocations and these conventions and all if i granted if you boycotted some of these ministers that you know that are doing some downright dirty stuff and the messages that they preach is heretical um they will be off the scene sooner so people have a part to play in that also too. So when we look at Isaiah chapter 30 verses nine through 10, it says that, that this is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of the Lord, which say to the seers, see not, and to the prophets, prophesy not, Unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits. So don't tell us about sin. Don't tell us about repentance. Prophesy to us 
um, prosperity prophesied to us that we're going to have like a great um, ministry that we're going to be the next um, great speaker out there going to all the conferences and all the convocations and all that. And I'm not saying convocations and conventions and, and all these different meetings are wrong, but some of the people that are on these platforms are not godly people. All right. So second Timothy um, chapter four, verses three through four says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own love shall heat to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. So, you know, people, oh, we really had church. Oh, we really danced. And, um, and then you ask, what did they preach? Well, he, oh, and then, you know, they build all this excitement and entertainment, but it's not rooted in the word. It's not rooted in sound doctrine. And people like it that way. Amos chapter 8, verse 11 says, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but hearing the words of the Lord. So the famine is not so much, like especially here in America, it's not so much that you don't have enough to physically eat. That's not the famine within the church. It's the famine of hearing the actual words of the Lord. You don't hear like biblically sound messages being preached. Uh, I'll even go so far, not only a lot of these false prophets, these false prophetess a lot of times, they even go into a lot of new age, new thought theology. That's um, modern day Gnosticism. That's not rooted in the word of God. So when we look at Luke chapter six, verse 26, it says, woe unto you when all men shall speak well of you. For did their fathers to the false prophets? Jeremiah chapter 5, verses 30 and 31 says, An appalling and horrible thing, bringing desolation to destruction, has come to pass in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely, and the priests rule on their own authority. And my people love to have it so. But what you do when the end comes. The test to obey the false prophets are God and his commandments. Um, Deuteronomy chapter um, 13 verses 1 through 4 says, And if there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer, or dreams, and giveth thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass, Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, which thou hast not known. Let us serve them. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet or that dreamer or dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether ye love, ye love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul. Ye shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. 
and you shall serve him and cleave unto him. So a lot of times in ancient Israel, the Lord would allow these false prophets to arise to test, to prove, rather prove his people. Do you love me? Do you love to keep my commandments? Do you trust my word? Are you going to trust their word? Or a word that they give? Are you going to trust the word or a word? So the main thing is loving him and keeping his commandments. We look at um, 1 John chapter 5, verses 2 through 3. It says, By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. John 15 verses 9 through 11 says, And as the Father have loved me, so have I loved you to continue ye in my love. If you keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. So testing and judging prophetic ministry, we're about ready to wrap up everything. First um, John chapter four, um, verse one says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. So, got to test the spirits. First John chapter 4, verse 6 says, We are of God, and he that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby we know that the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So, when you you got to be able to discern, like, is this person of God? We've got to test the spirit. Are they of God? Are they speaking truth or error? If they're speaking any element of error, even the slightest bit of 1% or 2% of error, if it's not 100% truth and it's a little bit of truth and there's a little bit of error, then they're walking in the spirit of error. We have to be like the Berens. Um, Acts chapter 17, verses 10 through 11 says, And the brethren immediately sent away Paul and Silas by night unto Berea, who coming thither went into the synagogue of the Jews. These were more noble than those in Thessalonica, in that they received the word with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, rather, those things were so. So you got to be able to search the scriptures. You got to make sure when oh, I got a prophetic word, got a word. All right, does this line up with the word? Is it man-centered? Is it carnal selfish desires or is Christ-centered? Is my perspective Christ-centered or worldly carnal-centered? Carnal so you have to ask, you have to question those things in regards to judging prophetic ministry. Um, second Peter chapter 1, verses 19 through 21, it says, We have also more, a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto ye do well, that ye take heed as unto a light, 
that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of scripture is of any private interpretation for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake by our, as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. First Corinthians chapter 14, um, 29 verses 29 through 33 says, let the prophet speak two or three and let the other judge. So it's giving you parameters on how really Paul's giving you instructions um, how, because in Corinth, I'm stopping um, Corinth, all the spiritual gifts were like in work, but they had really no order. So Paul's like saying, okay, let's bring some order to this thing. For, or if anything be revealed to another that sitteth by, let the first hold his peace. For ye may all prophesy one by one that all may learn and all may be comforted and the spirits of the prophets are subject to the prophets for god is not the author of confusion but of peace as in all churches of the saints so each prophetic word should be concluding each prophetic word should be prayerfully tested discerned True prophecy will never, ever violate scripture or the heart of the Father. So I hope you guys were blessed by this teaching on false prophets, false prophets, prophesied money. Um, God bless. This is the end time shelf fire.